3: Level two, this is Portray, I am Gable Brantsey. The Pips, the Points, some people above and everybody else in between. Bob Ryan, ESPN, Boston Globe legend. Bob Ryan will join us in Level Three uh, tonight. We'll get Cam's uh, first round leaders in like two minutes when we get the AM affiliates uh, back so they can uh, hear it. Um, as far as the NHL is concerned, Edmonton gets it done against Anaheim uh, tonight. It's the calm before the storm uh, with the National Football League uh, playoffs. Uh, coming up and uh, as long as we got a minute or two cams the trivia king um mm-hmm. we should that'd be another that's another good idea so, Man, i'm glad that's great stuff we should have like a uh sports grid trivia challenge Cam. i like all that. the hosts You know what I mean? But make it fun. Not like serious, like, oh, you're an idiot. You didn't get it. You know what I mean? But like, all right. Let's let's, get everyone in here. Just sort of everyone. All right. And for sort of like, you know, ding, hit the bell. I'll answer this one, uh, Kevin Walsh. Walsh can be the host. Okay, Kevin. Ding. (laughs) I like that. um, All right. So nine backup quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl. Speaking of Brock Purdy, nine backup quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl, Kim. Nine. Give me one or two. Yeah. What do you think of? Nine backup, backup quarterbacks quarterback. The Super Bowl. Was Doug Doug Williams a backup? Yes, he was. Okay. Great call, uh, Doug Williams with the Washington Redskins at the time. Um, thanks. Do you know who the starter was? It's tough.
4: Who was the starter for Washington back then? It wasn't Thiesman. I won't it was, hold uh, it
3: against you. It wasn't Thiesman.
4: Uh, hold on.
3: Nah, Remember, Joe Gibbs won. Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks.
4: Haas Detmer was a backup for the Giants.
3: Good call. For the record, Jay Schrader yep. was the Jay starting Schrader. quarterback for the Washington Redskins. I knew it was Jay Schrader. Remember the blonde Schrader. guy had a cannon? Yes. He was the quarterback yes. of the Raiders when I when I was going to games in the Bo. He was like the Bo Jackson yeah. quarterback era with the Raiders. He was briefly. I he a, Al Davis loved the cannon guys. Dilfer. Yeah. He was a backup, wasn't he? Tread Dilfer was a backup. Yeah, that's who. Who was got. the starter, Rabano? Was it
5: all for Red I think that year.
3: Once you hear Cam, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I forgot. Sean King. Remember the guy from Sean Tulane? King oh Sean started? King. Wow. Really? King? Was he was go. the oh, starting sorry. quarterback oh, of at the Tampa the Bay Buccaneers yeah. that year. Yeah, and Dilfer took yeah. over. Oh, excuse me. Um,
4: no, no. Uh, Dilfer was uh, um, Ravens. Uh, wasn't, wasn't it Re- Chris Redman was their No, Dilfer? Yeah. yeah
3: Dilfer was El- Elvis horrible. Gerbach. No, No, Gerbach came after. No, no, Gerbach came after. Wow. Thinking it was Kyle
4: Bowler. Kyle Bowler, yes, yes. It was. No, yeah. it was. I think Kyle Bowler. That's true. No, no. My God, no, no. This is. Red? It's no, tough. We get rid of the backups. Yeah. It's
3: tough. No, Bowler what was before Babago. It was before actually Bowler. It was. It was Ooh, before. Okay. Dear God, no! I would never get this one. Tony Banks.
4: Oh yeah, Tony Banks. <laughs> <get> <laughs> Tony
3: wow. Banks. No way would wow. get. Him. Wow. All right, here we go. Society. All right, Cam, you got a choice. Can you bang it off again or you want to hang out for one more segment? Either way, it's your call. Yeah, first round leaders? These
4: guys, yeah, as long as those guys treat me good tomorrow, I don't care. I just, uh, you know, I got to do our show after. No, I was uh, going to say you can
3: bang it off if you want, first round leaders. Uh, yeah, yeah, first round leaders. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Keith Mitchell, uh, there you go. Keith
4: Mitchell f- 45 to 1. Cage Lee 50 to 1. Alex Smalley 55. Oh, sorry, I forgot JJ Spawn uh 45 and ryan palmer addicted to golf 80 to 1 those are my first round leaders and after that morency here's my uh, uh golfers i'm betting guys Harmon 18 henley 21 kh lee 32 keith mitchell 40 alex smalley he went to duke 50 and brendan todd i got four georgia bulldogs that's harman henley mitchell and todd all went to georgia for you feeling
3: the georgia vibe and last year guys listen the georgia bulldogs hadn't won a championship since 1980. they won last year and me and cam noticed right after they won every like georgia bolt every tournament man was a georgia bulldog it was insane they went on a tear like they went on a freaking tear like georgia bulldog golfers so you think it continues. Out of all these Georgia guys you mentioned, it seems like one of them will probably win. <laughs>
4: I hope so. That'd be, a <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> great call with Tony Banks, Michigan State University. What a call. Yeah, I remember Tony Banks at Michigan State. Yeah. Wow. Me and you watch a lot of football in our life, man. I'd see, my brain's all clouded from partying and stuff like that. I don't know why Chris Redman always comes to my mind. That guy, like, I don't know why I get, can't get that guy. To Louisville Cardinals. You can technically, yeah. technically yeah,
5: say that. You can technically say that Tom Brady was a backup the first Super Bowl he won, right? This Bledsoe he, was, yes, yes, he, he was, yes. Yeah, yes. He was. That's a, oh, yeah.
4: yeah, a backup yeah, yeah. for sure. Hostile Brady, yeah, so, yeah. It's yeah. a
3: definition of you didn't start the season as the starter. Exactly. You didn't start the season. Like basically, Kurt Warner, like. Kurt Warner became the starter when Trent Green got hurt.
4: Correct. Uh, Trent Green got hurt. And I remember everyone thought they were going to be terrible. So we got like six guys. We're doing pretty good. Like, give us more time. We probably you know what
3: another up. one is, and we're talking nine nine backup quarterbacks and won a Super Bowl. Terry Bradshaw. Wow, backup. Joe Gilliam was the starter. Bradshaw was benched for the first six games of the '74 season. Thanks, Cam. We'll wow. see you tomorrow. Later. You got it. Later, guys. More of a battle on the other side. Bring it.
6: Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling.
1: It's the
3: Wicked Wednesday. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gable Brant. So we're Cato, Ian and Cameron right now. Thanks to the Radio right at Cam Stewart. The great Bob Ryan will join us uh, later. So if you think we suck right now, don't worry. Someone smarter is coming on later. Bob Ryan will join us. I'm uh, ask Bob, actually, who has a better chance, the Celtics or the Bruins, to win a championship uh, this year. All right, we're just talking about nine backup quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl before. We'll sort of move on from the topic. It's always fascinating to go back in time and, and go, oh, my God, man, that guy was the starter, huh? Like, Tony Banks was the starter of the Baltimore Ravens, though the year they won the Super Bowl. I brought up Kyle Bowler. Kyle Bowler got a Super Bowl ring, though. Was he the third string? That was one one guy I got wrong, I'll admit, fully. I've been pretty good with drafts and stuff, like if you look back and people even find my tweets where I prove uh, what I said, someone, uh, you know, I always, I'm doing right, but I was wrong about Kyle Bowler. I thought Kyle Bowler would be a good NFL quarterback, kid out of Cal. He was the prototypical NFL quarterback at the time, just never really worked out, but he ended up hanging around the league for a long time and he did get a Super Bowl ring because I remember I went on the radio and I said, Kyle Bowler will win a Super Bowl, one day, and he did. It took like all these years, and he did, but he was like the third string or something. Um, but we got Ian Cameron with us and Think Babano. So, so Brock Purdy, right? Backup quarterback. Brock Purdy, he's not the only one, right? There's other backups starting in the playoffs. I mean, Skylar Thompson. <laughs> but no, no one thinks Skylar is anyone think Skylar Thompson leading the Dolphins to the Super Bowl? They didn't score a touchdown last week against the Jets. Like yeah. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy hasn't lost a game. Right? Like, so it's a little different. Well, he's 5-0 now. Like it's like this is getting special what he's doing. But only nine backups. But how about this? Them. Yes, exactly. And but Mr. Irrelevant as well, but Barry. He was the last pick of the draft. So Mr. Irrelevant. Backup quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, leading the Niners, and no rookie. Quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl before. Like, can you, if, if Brock Purdy pulls this off, man, if the Niners won the Super Bowl, it's one of the greatest stories in American sports history. Mr. Irrelevant is like a joke. You get yeah. taken as like a laugh. Oh, ha, ha, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little, you get a car and, you know, ESPN brings you on. Oh, ha, ha, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. Think about it, Babana. Like, no rookie quarterback has ever won. Only nine backups of one. He's freaking Mr. Irrelevant starting for one of the Super Bowl favorites, bro. Like, and I don't think he's going to crack. Like, I, the, the team around him, like you said, dude, the offense that they run, he's not like, it's not like he's just like the, they're babysitting him. You know what I mean? It's not like, well... We can't run our offense because Brock Purdy. We got to be careful. No, they're just running their offense, but their offense doesn't predicate on the quarterback having to carry the team. Babano and I, you know, and I'm not going to get whatever this and that. Some people, and I saw with all the Demar Hamlin stuff, the a lot of the prayer stuff rub people the wrong way. And I ask you, why does it bother you so much what other people do? That's the you know that's the one thing I said the same thing to, you know if you're a zealot and you try to preach to someone you know let them be but the people that are like oh you know what I mean but Brock Purdy is an extremely religious person Babano like and it's yep. not like fake like this kid is like he thinks God is driving all glory he's like all glory to God God put me here God God yep. his family yep. he believes this. Dude, if you believe in yourself, you can do things in this life, in this world. He believes in himself. The team believes in him. Shanahan believes in him. Kittle believes in him. Why wouldn't he? And it's not like I said about him. It's not like they're babysitting with training wheels. He throws touchdowns. He put numbers up. They win games with him.
5: No, they definitely do. There's a belief. They're not asking him to say, hey, Brock Purdy, throw the football 40, 50 times a game in this offense because that's our only way to succeed. Of course, that's not the case with the 49ers. They can run the football. They've got a terrific run game. They've got a great run-blocking offensive line. They have a great scheme offensively where they – Shanahan somehow draws up these schemes on offense to open up the run game, like and open up things. It's not just that they block well and McCaffrey's. He got it from his father, Babano, well to open up the run game.
3: He got it from his father, the Denver Broncos. That's how they won the Super Bowls with Terrell Davis. So he grew up with like Mike Shanahan, who was the coach of the Raiders when I was there. they fired him, and he went to Denver. He won, but he wasn't known for like, oh yeah, a sophisticated passing attack. No, it was the it was the ground attack. Like Mike Shanahan was a genius at creating space and knowing how to run the football. And his son has taken it to, taking it to the new level with the passes out of the backfield as well, Babano. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a great offense. And listen, they got a, they got a great defense as well. You know, we can talk about the offense all night and Purdy and all this. They've got a great defense as well. But my whole point was just, I you know, I hear people, wow, this is the playoffs, we'll see how he does. It won't be – how can you be any more nervous in a playoff game than you are when you're Mr. Irrelevant, the third-string, fourth-string quarterback, and you're only there because everybody else got hurt somehow, and you step in. You're already through the nerves. Now you're riding the wave. Now you're just riding the wave. Like, you know, so who do you think? Do you think San Francisco wins the NFC, Babano? Uh,
5: Right now, because the, the way I see it is Philadelphia is still someone to be feared and respected, but there's absolutely a potential that San Francisco can beat that team, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not too worried about playoff. I hear playoff pressure. That term being talked about this week in regards to Brock Purdy saying he's not felt the playoff pressure before. I don't know. That kid looks cool as a cucumber, loose as a goose every time I've seen him play. Yeah. You know, that's I, other I people, know exactly.
3: It, it's yeah. just a football game for him. He'll be fine. It's a football game. You know. And like I said, like he like if he was gonna crack, he already would have cracked. He ain't cracking. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He ain't cracking. And they're playing a a Uh, beatable team, let's be real. I mean,
5: uh, just from the start here. I don't love the idea of laying this many with San Francisco, but what I do like in that football game is them early. In the game, Uh, Kyle Shanahan has a great, great track record of his teams, especially when they get that first possession, they put points on the board. They just seem to early in games, get the offense going and put points on the board. So I'm thinking more along the lines of first quarter and first half that's with San Francisco on Saturday, whether it's first half, first quarter spread, maybe a first quarter, first half team total over for the 49ers. Cause I have had some success doing that this year. They get off to strong starts. They're at home where they've even gotten off to stronger starts throughout the course of the season. And I remember some recent playoff years with the 49ers under Shanahan, same thing, you know, they are so well prepared on offense that they just, that first possession, bam, first down, bam, first down, precision, get points on the board. They've been very good at doing that. So that's why for me, rather than the full game, bigger spread, I'm looking more toward the Niners early. Get that lead and do what they've often done, and that start strong.
3: All right, so as it is now, it's 9.5, 42.5. San Francisco are minus 500 on the money line. Uh, Seattle are plus 385. The Los Angeles Chargers are now 2.5-point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Minus 130 on the money line, 47.5. This is a game that a lot of people are really torn on, split on. But, yeah, Minnesota and New York has some debate, and so does the Monday Nighter. So does the Monday Nighter, but this one, you know, as evident in the point spread, it's it's a difficult one, and you can tell that the betting market, has been a tug-of-war, guys, with the number, like, bouncing around. I mean, it opened up at 2.5. It went all the way down to 1. Now it's back up to 2.5. I think the news that the Chargers' health, that was sort of, like, no one got hurt on Sunday. Like, everybody against, like, everyone was flipping out and stuff, but everyone's going to be playing. Although Williams wasn't on the practice field today. Bring it.
1: <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I wouldn't cut out the Denver Broncos. Yeah, the I hear that President Clinton
4: is going to be watching with his wife, Hillary.
3: <laughs> the late night anger match. My class SS portrait. Yeah, sorry, Falcon and Bronco fans. No Super Bowl for you this year. Will there be a Super Bowl for the Bills? I don't know. I don't know, did the Simpsons predict it? <laughs> did the Simpsons <laughs> predict it? Um, all right, so we're, we're kicking it with Ian Cameron and We're just talking NFL football. And so the we're talking about a number going back. Uh, Mike Williams didn't practice today, but he's going to play in the game. Bosa's good to go. There was talk about Rashawn Slater, um, but they said, no, Slater's back, but not this week, right? He hasn't played in a while um that if they if if the Chargers won that he would play next week yet there's a tug of war going on here babano and i can't lie this is the one game every other game i like like or at least i should say you know in teasers money line parlays you know what i mean this is the one game like the, you know there's the the Minnesota New York game is a short spread i got an opinion on it. i like it the cowboy buck game doesn't really scare me this is the game out of all the games babano the saturday night game Five o'clock Western. Well, five fifteen Pacific. Eight eight fifteen Eastern time. This is the toughest one on the board for me, in my opinion. You can make a case for both teams, Babano. You know the Chargers should win, but because they should win doesn't mean that they will win. You know what I'm saying? On paper, you figure yes, the Chargers are a better team. They have more experience. They've got more better players. You got Justin Herbert. You've got Austin Eckler, you know what I mean? You've got Bosa, like you're stacked. You got Derwin James. Like I could go on and on here. Yet it's hard to overlook Brandon Staley. And if you know what is he gonna make a weird decision, is he gonna go for it or not do like he's erratic as a head coach? Peterson's won a Super Bowl before, is a damn good coach. Trevor Lawrence has won a national championship before, so we don't have to worry about him like panicking in a big game. Even though the offense wasn't great last week, every game is different. And oh yeah, by the way, Babano, they killed them. What was it? Thirty-eight, ten in the first week, a second week of the season this year, or the hell, whatever it was, week three. Let me get the exact date. What's your take on the
5: game? The, this is the same. You know, it seems like it's universal. Everyone's having a tough time. Really. You know, picking aside with the current number that is, um, I do really like Jacksonville and teasers this week. I mean, that is the one thing I've definitely made up my mind on. That Jacksonville uh, plus eight on the six-point teaser is going to be on a bunch of teasers for me because I the one thing I don't see in this game is the Chargers winning by more than a touchdown. All right, I just don't see that. Okay, they're not a beat by margin type of team. They're not a beat you by margin.
3: No, they're the of Vikings now. of the AFC actually sort of in the sense that yeah. every one of their games is close, one way or the other.
5: Yeah, so Jacksonville will be on a bunch of teasers, but from a straight up, uh, you know, from a straight spread standpoint, you know, you could make cases for both of these teams. I think I still have to lean Jacksonville with the with the current number. And that's pains me to say that cuz I'd love to see the Chargers go on a deep run here and maybe give life again to the futures that I really loved before the season to win the AFC and the Super Bowl. They got a run to put through. But to me, when I look at this Jacksonville has become very, very comfortable in close games and making the key plays to win those games. Look at the comeback against Baltimore. Look at the game against Dallas. Look at how they beat Tennessee, you know, in the final game of the regular season last week. And they were staring defeat in all three of those games, staring at defeat. They were down big to Dallas. They were down to Baltimore. They were trailing Tennessee most of that game. There's a resilience factor to this Jacksonville team, a mental toughness factor to this Jacksonville team, where even if they start off slow in this game or fall behind, I'm not worried about their panic level. I'm not worried about, oh, what's going to happen next? No, they're going to play for four quarters. The Chargers fall behind in this game. I worry more what happens with them. Do things come unglued? Do they start pressing a bit? Does Staley now all of a sudden become Mr. Fourth down and go for it every chance? So just from an intangible standpoint, you know, Lawrence has been there. You mentioned it in big games, at least at the college level. Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl. He's been through the playoff, you know, run before. Knows how to prepare a team for situations like this. We don't know that about Brandon Staley. So a lot of intangibles point to Jacksonville. They've got the pass game going. I worry about that against the Chargers' secondary a little bit. Uh, the pass rush is going to have to be like Joey Bosa is going to have to have a huge game. It's going to have to have a huge game and get to Trevor Lawrence and get him off the spot because we're seeing now down the stretch when Lawrence has that time, he's he's making throws, he's making big time plays down the field. That's critical for the Chargers in this game. The way I see it, I, I think the chart. If the Chargers win, it's a close game. So I really like Jacksonville in a teaser. But from a spread standpoint at plus two, I'm still going to take the Jags here as home underdogs. I mean, I have seen and I have been planted the seed of doubt about the Chargers gave in my mind enough times this season for me to say, you know what? I'm not convinced traveling cross-country with a lot of edges that go to Jacksonville in the intangibles category. I'm not convinced they should be road shock here.
3: No, it's hard to trust them. As we stated, so it was, it was September 25th, so it was week three. It was after the the Chief game. The, so Herbert was beat up, but nevertheless, the Jags went in there and, and just punished them, 38-10. Um, to 10. So something that we should bring up, that when push comes to shove, it's something you'll remember if you're betting on the Chargers on Saturday night when the Jags are running the ball down their throat. The Chargers are bad against the run, like bad, bad, and not just bad, guys. They are historically bad. And in fact, listen, the Chargers give up five point four yards per carry, man. Okay? That's like almost like TCU versus Georgia type stuff. That is the highest average allowed by defense in a National Football League since 1959. That's not a team like you want to take on the road against a TNP. You know, if if I know this, Peterson knows this. Right? Like so right like they know this. It really is incredible, though. Uh, and, in fact, they gave up the six most rushing yards per carry since 1933. Props to uh, Joe Reedy uh, for for this um, research. The ni- But we're, we're talking the 1934 Cincinnati Red football team gave up 6.4 yards per carry. The 1950 New York Yankees gave up 5.63. Uh, they were called the Yanks. They were called uh, 5.63. The 1950 Baltimore Colts, 5.56 yards per carry. 1952, the Dallas Texans, 5.54. 1959, the Washington Redskins, 5.48. 1961, Vikings, 5.41. 1958, uh, 49ers, 5.36. 2022, Chargers, 5.42. It's, it's that's like it's that's it's amazing and that's not something you want to be known for. They give up the most yards per carry out of any defense in the NFL since nineteen freaking fifty nine. That's all. And as you stated earlier, the 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 Jag teaser is a nice one. You get it up to eight and a half, nine and a half, six or seven point teaser. But I just can't trust the Chargers. I've got to go with the Jags and Peterson's pedigree. And the fact that the Chargers can't stop the run. I think we'll have a hard time protecting Herbert. And, sorry Charger fan, but you're cursed. People will get hurt in the game. Bad things will start to happen as the game goes on somehow. (laughs)
5: That's right. The playoff success has not exactly been there for the lightning bolts over the last 20 years. That's no. Back to Schottenheimer and Rivers and Tomlinson and, oh, go on and on and on. How many years they've just flopped in the postseason? Well, before, rat, that, run.
3: before that, yeah, we'll, well, Marty Schottenheimer
5: and, they could have beaten the
3: Patriots once. They, they they intercepted Brady, but then they tried to return the interception, and then they fumbled it, and the Patriots got the ball back. It was one of those like you got to be like kidding me. We've all we've always known this. I've been saying this for years. Our boy Jeff Feinberg, lifelong Charger fan, but knows this. We always talking about the Chargers are kind of like the Bills or like the the Lions or something. You know what I mean? The Browns. Something will always happen. Like they, you know, what I mean, they're like they're destined not to win somehow for whatever reason. And it just happens in different ways but people don't feel sorry for them or talk about them because they were in san diego and it's nice weather right if you're if your city always loses in a heartbreaker and you're in cleveland and it's snowing or buffalo somehow people feel sorry for it you know what i mean oh and look they're so loyal and like when you look and you see a team losing and there's palm trees everywhere and everyone's in Southern California, people are like, ah, screw them, who cares, right? That's just like that's just the way it is. So the Chargers have never gotten sympathy or the perception that they should of being cursed like a lot of these other franchises um, actually are. All right, so uh, speaking of curses, the Buffalo Bills are in action. <laughs> so the Bills uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Although it looks like the Dolphins, who are a curse right now over the last month, Babano, unbelievable bad luck. Everybody gets hurt all the time, and now it will be Skylar Thompson as starting quarterback. Buffalo are now minus 13 and a half.
5: Yeah, I think if you're going to take Buffalo here, a lot of the time at home, they've, I've taken them in the first half because they've always been you know, hit or miss when it comes to the full game numbers. I mean, you look at actually actually a lot of their home games, even where they played well for the most part, outside of what happened against Minnesota, you know, they've really been good early and the point spreads come close to the number late. So if I'm betting the bills here, it would be the first half. I think that's probably the better look put Miami behind the eight ball early in the game. I could see that happening from all indications. This is about as bad a situation as Miami could have asked for two is not cleared. Who is not playing? Skyler Thompson's gonna have to play his first ever playoff. Oh, and it's probably Samar Hamlin fighting in the building for this game in the stadium on hand to watch. So, double firing up the whole band. What will that
3: be? All right, the metal kind of drowned the battle's voice out there at the end.
2: <laughs>
3: this is sports rage! Rage!
1: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I got my last ten bucks on you. No, don't look at me. Run. No, don't
6: come over here. Uh, oh,
1: boy.
3: Oh, yeah. All right, we got the split. We were on the San Jose Sharks plus a puck and a half. Uh, but we were on the under six and a half. 4-3 was the final score. The Kings, it was 2-2, two, two, uh, like midway through the third period of play. And then the Kings scored to make it 3-2. The Kings uh, scored to made it 4-2. Uh, uh, Sharks scored late, made it 4-3. So whatever, we got the split. We'll take it. It is what it is. Ian Cameron, kicking with us uh, right now. So, you know, listen, I've got the bills a lot like here. I've been really stockpiling bill plays with Bano, like back end, money line parlays, earlier in the week when it was nine and a half hard to believe this there was nine um i was playing 10 point teasers and stuff like that but now it's 13 and a half i don't love it you know just by out of principle it's like oh it is ugly but when you break it down this is going to be a problem for miami and i respect the miami dolphins they play the bills tough they played twice this year they were both like what three point games and two point games and they played in, in hot weather, they played in the snow. So, like, whatever. Like, they they played twice, and it were both close games. They split. If the Dolphins were healthy, and they had Tua, and they were like the Dolphins of midseason and stuff, I'd be like, ooh, this is like a tough game. And the spread wouldn't be 13 and a half. I just don't see how Thompson Thompson's going to move the ball. We can talk about Josh Allen, the Bills offense, and all this. And as we were going to break, your voice started to cut out over the music. But as you mentioned, DeMar Hamlin could potentially be um, in the stadium. It's You know, and that's just, listen, that's just one piece of it. Like, there's going to be emotional either way. But throw that out. Just from a football perspective, the Bills are going to be dialed in, dialed up. And they're, even if the Dolphins' defense battles, and, okay, they battle and they hold the Bills to 24-27 or something, where do the points come from for Miami Babano? Like I said, Skylar Thompson just played against the New York Jets in Miami in a must-win football game. That was like a playoff game for them. That was a playoff game. They needed to win. They didn't score a touchdown, Babano. They didn't score a touchdown. I get it. The Jet defense is good, but still, if you can't score a touchdown against the Jets at home in a must-win in Miami. How the, how are you going to do this in the freezing cold in Buffalo like with Skylar Thompson? You got a problem. Like this game has
5: 30 to 10, 30 to 7 written all over it, bro. Yeah, I mean, uh with Skylar Thompson in, like I said, I mean there's that takes any interest I had in Miami because I you I I would have been on Miami if two a place. I would have because they played Buffalo tough twice this year but with Tua quarterback with Skylar Thompson, you're right. When you can't score a touchdown at only gets the Jets, how am I going to trust you against a superior team on the road in a playoff game? And I know I've got some issues with the bills defense right now, especially against the run. And that's the one way Miami could maybe shorten the game and yep. stay around in this game is if Raheem Mostert gets going. And I remember the game in Buffalo on that Saturday yeah, he night broke his thumb. Uh, in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the run game worked for them. So, you know, obviously they're going to commit to it even more now with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. But, you know, the Bills run defense is still that one little area where I'm a little bit concerned. But I don't know if it's they're going to be able to just solely be able to run it. Buffalo should, you know, gear up for it as well. Put more in the box. Dare this kid to make plays. And if you do that, you'll probably, you know, make some mistakes. I mean, this is a definite... New, this is all new territory for Skylar Thompson. This is you know, a team that's got Super Bowl aspirations, a team that's going to be a tough environment. It's going to be loud. It's going to be tough for him. And I think the thing that's lost on the Miami situation is their secondary has been leaky at times. And Allen in particular... Even in the loss in Miami, let's not forget the Bills put up almost 500 yards of offense. It was just one of those weird games where they were getting the ball deep. They missed on fourth downs a couple times, missed a field goal, stopped on the goal line. You know They could have had 40 points in Miami in that game because 500 yards should equate to that much in terms of points. It didn't happen, and then they just ripped apart Miami's secondary in the rematch in Buffalo. So they're going to have to score points, Miami, to stick around. I'm not convinced they can with Thompson. Like I said, if I'm going to bet it, what I'm going to go for What do you mean, not convinced they, can. No, of they can? Of course they're they're they can. Of course
3: they. Not convinced they can. No. <laughs> it's a hot take, but well, bad. How they happen? But yeah. Uh, but no. Yeah, Ram- Ram- I like Bills first half. Raheem Mostert's got a broken thumb, so I thought all along he would play. Uh, I still think he probably will. They'll probably, you know, listen. Will he be able to catch passes? No, um, but he's a running back. They'll be able to, you know, they could, you know, they could cast it up type of deal. Now I don't know. They used to be able to really, really, really plaster this thing up in the NFL in the old days. But guys used to lie and you know, all just say, "Oh, I got this," and they would all just whack each other in the head uh, with it. Now we should note, like, just you want to question Raheem Moster's toughness? He underwent thumb surgery on Monday. All right, so, you know what I mean, like, so his thumb is incapacitated, like, essentially. So, he wanted he under, to underwent surgery, but, man, he's tough as hell, this guy. All the other parts of his body are fine, right? So, you know what I mean, it's, he can go, he can, you know what I mean, but his hand, and, you know, you get surgery. Anyone that's ever got, you know, they said, when people say it was minor surgery, and no one that's ever had surgery ever says it's minor. Anytime you're under anything and you're getting surgery, whatever, it sucks. So he's got to come out of that and, you know what I mean, get acclimated again, okay? I personally think he'll end up playing, but it's listen, the Bills' defense isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, and it is true. The Dolphins are going to have to you know, find a way to run the ball, shorten the game, keep the Bills off the field, which could keep them in it, but they're not going to be able to win the game. Like Buffalo would have to really implode and choke to lose this football game, and I don't see it happening in this spot. They're gonna have their hands full with the Bengals next week, but uh, they should be able to survive this spot. The Giants and the Vikings, it's three points. This number's not moving. Um, it's not moving, and that you know why it's not moving is because they're getting action on both sides, right? If 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 it if there was if it was all slanted, it would move. It's not. They set the number, and they're letting the market just sort of go at it here. They feel comfortable with the three, and I understand why. I mean, these two teams played last month, and it was a three-point game. It was a 27-24 game. Minnesota have a propensity to play in close football games, and the Giants have found a way to stay in football games and punch above their weight. I know you've liked the Giants every week this year for the most part, Babano i I rolled them quite a bit, but I caught on that they that it was kind of done uh a while ago to be honest, a couple of months ago, like i said they're they're two and six in their last eight. The wheels have fallen off for this team they're nowhere near a hundred percent. It was still a successful season they're going to be even better next year, like they're going in the right direction, blah 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 and all that type of stuff. But people can doubt cousins and the Vikings all they want. I believe the Vikings are going to win this game. Not easily, but 30 to 20. You know, that's my, if I have to add a 31 20 type thing, 31 21, 30 21, whatever. Like, I think they'll win by seven, 10 points. I think they'll win convincingly and put enough points up to go over the number as well. But you're going to stick to your guns and take the Giants, aren't you?
5: I am. Uh, I am. I mean, Minnesota to me, okay, you beat up on Chicago, quit, and was tanking. Big deal uh, in the uh, final game. At Green Bay, that was the game that showed me they've got problems, uh, especially on the O line. This O line's banged up going into this game. Right tackle, Brian O'Neill's out. Bradbury, the center's been banged up. Darrasaw's missed time. Uh, and, you know, you're starting to see that pass protection, you know, suddenly slip a little bit. You know, for Kirk Cousins, Giants have issues in their secondary. I don't deny that. And even the linebacking core isn't great, but they can get some pressure up front. So I'm interested to see how the Vikings handle that. I think the Giants will score on Minnesota's defense. I mean, the Giants won't shut down Minnesota entirely because Jefferson and, uh, and Hawkinson and Phelan, they will make hay in the secondary of the Giants. The Giants don't have a great secondary still, but the Giants will score on Minnesota. Minnesota's defense been pretty bad at times this year, black in a pass rush, the secondary's been torched. Daniel Jones has had his best season, I think, and Brian Dable's coaching and offensive, you know, system has been a big part in that. I mean to think about the fact that they have gotten good receiving play lately, Jones from, you know, Richie James Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, these have been the receivers for the Giants. You would think, how the hell are they doing this? But, you know, somehow they have been able to move the football with that trio. And, of course, they've got Barkley, who's had a better season running the ball. Minnesota's defense is very worrisome to me, and I think the Giants are very live to win this game. I'll take the plus three. And I'm with you on the total, though. I do think it goes over.
3: All right. You're not alone. A lot of people like the Giants here, including Paul Bovi. We had a healthy debate about this game uh, today. I think the Vikings have flaws, but I think they won't be exposed until the following week in San Francisco. All right, so um, next up, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. This number's climbed. It's up to 8.5. Not looking good for Lamar Jackson. I didn't think he was going to play, uh, but this this was crazy that it was 5.5 earlier in the week. The oddsmakers really have gotten things wrong this week with their guesstimations with the injuries. Um, eight and a half, forty and a half right now, Babano, Sunday night football. What's your take?
5: Yeah. So I did bet Cincinnati six and that was it? set. No, I didn't even get six. I got seven right on the nose with Cincinnati. So I missed the best of it. I got seven. It's gone up since then. Uh, now at eight and a half, I, they're definitely a great teaser option now. Absolutely. Uh, there'll be another team like Jacksonville. that will be in a bunch of my teasers this weekend, Cincinnati down to two and a half. Uh, I think it's just asking a lot for Baltimore. And, and you know, what's scary for Baltimore is that not only is it looking, you know, downward trajectory for Lamar Jackson to play Tyler Huntley's very much banged up because remember he didn't play last week. It, it's still, there's still a scenario where Anthony Brown could make his first ever playoff start here for the Ravens. You know, and and that's not necessarily something you want to see either. They're not a team, like if they fall behind, and obviously they did against Cincinnati last week. Again, Cincinnati had a lot more on the line in that game. But again, they're not a come from behind team with a very, very shoddy passing attack and quarterbacks that aren't adept to carry a team from behind through the air. They've got to be able to keep the game close, run the football. That's the way Baltimore's going to win, and I'm not sure they're going to have that ability to do that uh, here in this game. I think Bengals win, Bengals advance. Bengals probably cover the eight and a half. It is getting up there a little bit, but I can't endorse Baltimore. I think they're a great teaser bet this week as well. Bengals, six-point teaser down to two and a half.
3: Baltimore, I, I, I agree. Uh, Baltimore... Baltimore another team that have had a lot of bad luck over the last couple of years. For whatever reason, it is what it is, but it is. And they're not the same Ravens team. You know, like normally I'd be like, well, I have faith in Harbaugh. I've got faith in this and that. Their defense isn't very good. They give up big plays. Their offense is inept. As you stated, when they fall behind, they're going to be in big trouble. Huntley's beat up, not to mention the Bengal defense is they're pretty like aggressively dirty. Let's just call it off what it is, right? Like they rolled into Josh Allen, which was lost in the shuffle of the DeMar Hamlin stuff. They tried to hurt Josh Allen. They hurt Tua. They go after quarterbacks, the Bengals. So don't think they're not going to go after the Raven guy in a playoff game, right? Like they are. And they're going to be running for their lives. Like I said, I don't like laying points generally like this, guys. But similar situation to the Bills game, this could be even worse. Like for for the Ravens, I know you think, oh, it's a division and all this. Burrow won't let up. Like I, this this to me is another one that sort of feels like a thirty to ten game. All right, let's get to the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the other side. As the music plays. the late night Anger management class we've got bob ryan joining us in level three a couple of more best bets from the on the way out bring it you know but you
2: don't say you will sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: All right, let's do this thing. Babano, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Monday Night Football. Even though you and I will speak on Sunday night, what's your take?
5: Well, you know, weeks and weeks this, I, we figured these two teams would play in for weeks and weeks. I said, I, I'd rather not bet this game. I'd rather bet against both of these teams, uh, rather than see them play each other. But that's not no fun for the viewers and listeners. we got to give a pick and I'm going to make a stronger case for Tampa in this game for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, I liked seeing the signs of life from Tampa's offense against Carolina down the stretch to beat the Panthers when they clinched the division. I think that was significant. I think their offensive line getting healthier is significant. You know, they've they've got a lot of key pieces back on that O-line. Donovan Smith, they're going to have Ryan Jensen in the center. Slowly but surely, that O-line's coming together, getting healthier, getting their starters back, and that's critical because Brady can still make some throws when he is protected. And he had the three touchdown performance to Mike Evans in that game, Dallas, when they don't have the pass rush, and I feel their pass rush can be negated. If this box offensive line is going to be healthier as I think they are, they don't cover well down the field. They haven't covered well for weeks. They've been giving up big plays in the passing game and Brady and Evans and that receiving core might be able to get some of those. Dak Prescott is not playing great. I talk about how Tampa's O-line, game is getting healthier. Dallas O-line's banged up. I mean, they, they have, they've obviously had uh, Smith in and out. The right tackle's been banged up. Tyler Biotish, the center, has been in and out. He's questionable to play with an ankle sprain. That's concerning. Dak's making mistakes, intercept interceptions. I don't know if they can run the football here against Tampa with Pollard and Elliott. Tampa's been pretty good against the run, and I think they got better against the run down the stretch as well. I just think kind of disrespectful to make Tampa home underdog here. The Dallas team that didn't play well down the stretch. What did Dallas do down the stretch? Barely beat the Texans, Packers and Jaguars. They lost to those two teams. You know, they barely beat the Giants. They One good win against Minnesota. That's it. So I'm going to be with Tampa here, Gabe.
3: Ian Cameron. Bob Bano. Man, just gonna say, you know what? A lot of people are. A lot of people are. The trendiest. It's the trendy dog of the week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's amazing. Nobody believes in the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, oh, yeah, Kellen Moore is going to be interviewed by the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they really know what they're doing down there. This
6: is Sports radio. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas.